Welcome to the Big Red Rundown. I'm Zane. I'm Drew. I'm Chris. And we thought that the right thing to do would be to spend our time wasting yours talking about Nebraska football, basketball, volleyball, baseball, and anything else that involves the University of Nebraska. It's bound to be the best 30 to 45 minutes of your day. Yeah. Guys, I got some pep. Because guess what? What? We won. We won? We won a football game. We won. Can I also say, I wasn't in the stadium, but... I was. Did... Okay, here's a real question. Real question. Real answer. Did anybody at any point in any of the fight song playing clap on time? So here's my thing with that. No, the the answer is no. But I, I think part of it is because, you know, like... Let me tell you how sound travels. But, you well, know, like the by the time the sound gets to the other side of the stadium. Oh, yeah. Then they're trying to clap to what they're what they're hearing. Yeah. But then like you're you know what I mean? It's just like it's so it's, hard. It's, dude. it's really bad. As Ale- a musician, it's like I know. And oh, my I want to rip my face off. <laughs> so Alyssa always looks at me because I just sit there and I like I like focus and just get the clap like the I rhythm. Right. Hannah, I look at Hannah and that's I'm what, looking yeah. around me. Everybody's like. So if that's like, if you're not a musician or like oh, you know a drummer, you know you you just try to f- kind of blend in with everyone, yep. and then it just mess gets messed up with how sound travels and stuff in there. So I wonder if there's we could do a statistical analysis of the correlation between how on time people clap versus how on rhythm the football team is. Mm. Uh-huh. Huh? Uh-huh. Well. We're, we're really good in the first drives. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We, we nail that. We, we nail that. And the, more, clapping, the, so. more, the more the alcohol sits in, the more people are. Yeah. But also, I want to give a real quick shout out to, we played Indiana. Indiana. And I have a buddy who lives in Indiana who listens to the podcast every week. So hey, sh- shout hey, out shout Connor. Out. Shout out Connor McKenzie. Sent me a video or picture of him listening to the pod driving probably Sweet. real question is he a husker fan that lives in he indiana yeah, okay he's a husker right. fan so he's gonna make sure he wasn't yeah an indiana fan go big red go, go big, big red, red connor hey connor thanks for thanks for tuning in yeah and yeah connor's good dude so thanks for tuning in share it with your friends connor and go tell a whole bunch of indiana fans how stupid <laughs> they are Share this podcast. Hold up the number five, which is the number of yards they put up against us in the fourth quarter. Oh. So. <laughs> High five. All right. Uh-huh. We got to get into the game. We got to get into the game. So they, they, I didn't even know that five yards in the fourth Held quarter them to five yards. And I think 12 plays. Wow. Hey, yep. to be fair, they our just, defense has been stout this season. So <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh my <laughs> gosh, dude. Five yards. I think it was like 66 yards in the whole second half. It's some, it's something crazy. like that. It's yeah. crazy. Held them under 300 yeah. total. Yeah, wow. because they, so they're, they're pushed. We were whipping them at the beginning of the game yardage wise, and then we slowed down. They and had then two drives. And then at the, the very second. end, when they scored, um, they passed us in yards for the, they were up on us by like, I don't know, 11 yards or something after yeah. the first half. I think they had like, I don't know, uh, 120 to our 109, yeah. or, two, or 220 to 209, something like that. Yeah. And then we hold them to 66 yards. In the now, to be fair, they were missing their two starting wide receivers. Yeah. However, hey, where, you would you guys, where would you, you guys play who's in front of you? Plays in right. front of you. How would you guys rank Indiana's offense compared to the opponents that we've played so far? You know what I mean? They hadn't scored less than 30? Or they they scored 28 against 28 or 21 against Cincinnati. I can't remember. But they also shut Cincinnati down in the second half. Yeah, so they beat Illinois, who just dominated Wisconsin. Like a, a second half comeback team, from what I hear. Yeah, and they had they had been scoring points. They they want they put up. I mean they they beat. 
who else did they beat this year? They were they beat, FCS um, teams. I'm, I'm looking Houston. them up here. They beat Houston? I think they beat Houston. Kansas beat Houston. No, no, no. Oh, sorry. That was Kansas. They beat Illinois 23-20. So yeah. there's only 23 points there. That was just a weird game. I think we held them to their lowest. I think we held them to their lowest 35-22 against yeah. Idaho. 33-30 Western Kentucky. 45-24. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we did hold them to their lowest total. And that was a defensive touchdown, too. So, really, we exactly. held them to 14. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So, and they were... Yeah. they. I mean, they were... Their offense was not the their offense was the best part of their team. Yeah, and their de- their defense was terrible. Yeah, yeah, they're they're just they're okay. they're okay. They run out they run a lot of plays. Were right? you guys yeah. surprised by Nebraska's defensive performance? One hundred percent. I predicted us to lose forty two to twenty. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the way that I was okay, very here, surprised. So this was before this last week. Um, I don't know what it was before they played us. They were ra- now they're sorry sorry. This is after last week. So yeah, currently. They're 33rd in the country in passing yards. Yeah. They're they 115th in rushing yards, so they're not great. Um, points for they're 146th at 27.2. So huh. That's interesting. That yeah. seems off. But anyway, this is on ESPN. But um, yeah, so I mean, they're they're okay. So They weren't, they weren't bad, that's for sure. I, I was very surprised at how well our defense played. Especially in the second half, but hearing hearing Bill Bush talk even yesterday about how they had two goals, they put get your feet set in the ground and play fast. Those yeah. were their two things, and they did both of it. He said that they were in position every single play. Yeah, they, they felt just, like it. Being there, there was oh. not like any time. There were, uh, you know, I'm trying to think. They, they the plays that they made against us. It was just. I mean, they made plays and we didn't necessarily execute, but it did not look like we were out of position. No, especially like being there. You, and you could see the whole field it, just a lot more than you can on TV. I was watching for that and mm-hmm. because that's what they said. They were going to simplify things and just try to be in position. And they legitimately look like they're in position. Well, they got yeah. beat a few times, but like one time they got beat because they straight up ran a pick play on the. Oh, guys, that was so bad. Field. It was terrible. And they, it was, yeah, it, was we were booing in there. Horrible. I mean, it got to the one yard line. Yeah. Yeah. And then that compared to like the stuff they were. We're calling. <laughs> oh here's, yeah. Here's uh, to be fair. Like I, I look back on some of that. I don't think there weren't a lot of that necessarily bogus calls, and they did go both ways. There, there were a couple. It was others. just so. There were just much. so many I, guys. I watched this. This is the, I've seen this a few times this year now. Um, with Bryce Benhart, the defender, yeah. because he's so tall and big. The defender will literally like get really low and almost dive on the ground to, to the outside of him, and, and Bryce just up. and Bryce just falls on top of him because he can't he can't get down that low. Yeah, and they call holding on him. That's happened multiple times this year. I swear they're teaching him to do it. I Probably. like you just like watch. He barely gets touched, and the defender just like falls down, and Bryce falls on top of him. Yeah, ten yards. It's like yeah. I, I mean, why wouldn't you teach him to do that if Bryce can't? That's get so off odd. of that. You know what I mean? Like it's probably them being so tall. Dang. I also, uh, but they're also. But they put they put in Hunter Anthony yeah. for a lot of that game too. Sure, he I, played I, well. I heard, so yeah, it sounded like he did pretty well. Then <laughs> Mickey kind of did. He's like, he did okay. Yeah. Like, so so he, I, I, Pro Football sure Focus's really. numbers weren't great, but yeah, I mean, the, none of the O line was actually. Yeah. Oh, There's one I can't remember who was decent, but do you guys feel like the O line is starting to progress? Game by game, I run, like run blocking. Yes, they still have a. They did better pass blocking. They're still struggling, and that's what Mickey Joseph said too. He's like, he really likes how they're doing run blocking, but yeah. they're, they're pass blocking. They're still figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think they were just. I just don't think the right guys were recruited to, yeah. to pass block <laughs> the way that they desire to because they just Pro got these Haska giant tall 
tall guys that are just monsters, and they that doesn't always make, make yeah. the best basketball. And they have yeah, and they're so off balance. Every time I watch, they're so off balance. You could just blow on them and they'll fall over. Yeah. It it was hard to watch some of those things, but I'm I'm happy with how they played overall. They they gave Casey a lot of time. I think more than anything, they gave Casey plenty of time in yeah. every situation. Casey was just holding on to the ball too much. Yeah. Which goes into like when he got ripped by Whipple. I didn't see that. I don't remember seeing Trey so open on that play. Yeah. But like he said, he could have scored on that play. And so I, who yeah. knows? And not only that, but it set us up to eventually yeah. getting a fumble into seven points against us. But yeah, that that's one of the things I want to ask you. Like the differences between what you saw under Frost under the first three games mm-hmm. of this year. Let's get, let's call Oklahoma the out you know, the outlier just because it's a, it was a transitional game. I know that's like how convenient let's not talk about Oklahoma, sure. but really like hey, we did Mickey did not have as any time to really put his brand in his flavor into the team. Right. Yeah, and so thrown into the fire. Yeah. And so what, what are some go. of the, what are some of the biggest differences you saw between frost regime? Let's even just, bring it to this year. I mean, you can go back to the previous seasons and what you've seen out of Mickey. I don't want to make too much out of just one good yeah. game. Sure, sure. One pretty, just, not even a great game, pretty good game, you know? Just clear observations is like just the difference of personality between yeah. a Mickey and a Scott as far as energy-wise, as far as like, like you just see Mickey just like just pumping up the team, getting after him when they're like yeah. not doing well. You just, you just see him being very very expressive yeah and i think that that helps a team that has a potentially bad culture right yeah because you kind of help steer it to where you want it to go so that was just like a yeah blatant like oh there's a difference here between sure Scott and Mickey there. yeah and I, along those lines if we're just going like personality wise like even like the press conference and stuff i i want to talk like on the field for sure but yeah like frost just never seemed he just always seemed annoyed yeah you know what i mean by all the reporters and stuff Mickey is just so humble and like real and just like, I don't know. I just want to go hang out with the guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, not that call, I wouldn't hang out calls with it like it is, you know what I mean? But I, I don't know. I just, I didn't feel like he, he feel like he actually wants to be there with the reporters because he understands like they have a job and like mm-hmm. fans care, you know what I mean? And so I never, I don't I didn't always get that vibe yeah. from Frost, you know what I mean? And, and that was kind of his reputation from other big 10, like, reporters and coaches and players like they just didn't really like the guy because of that but yeah i think there comes a point when i i think i've seen this just more in football in general where scott's scott's mo was offense and his mo on offense was misdirection and speed Mm -hmm. and option and movement and shiftiness and i don't know i don't know if one obviously his his personality and his coaching style, he was spending way more time with the offense. And so he trusted Chenander to take, take care of the defense and the defense had been progressing, but looking back over the past couple of years, those, it was more than anything because of the maturity of the guys that were playing on sure. the team with Deontay and Markel and yeah, Jojo solid guys. They were just, they had they're been steady. steady. They had been there for every year. They had been there for how, you know, this year they're all gone all of the solid defensive linemen that we had that we knew the scheme, they were gone. But regardless, I think there comes a point with a guy like Frost where he was almost trying to do too much, mm-hmm. where he was just trying to, you know, like this this specific thing that we want to do isn't working, so we need to find a 
crazy weird way to accomplish that goal yeah. you know and that i don't want to say that that's the case in every single thing yeah. but i think it it was like almost hurting the team too much especially then when it came to defense where he this year he was probably spending more time with the defense because he was the head coach the ceo the overlooking the entire that's a good team point and, and what happened and the defense just was trying to do way too much they were that's trying a great to point they were trying to call too many plays and and they were off balance and they never got set and I, I hadn't really thought about that. Here, Frost gets more involved with the defense, and look what happened to him. But it just seemed like mm. it, it seems like an immediate, an immediate fix that had a drastic impact was cutting all of that out, completely simplifying everything. I remember, I think it was like maybe five or six offensive plays in a row. They were in the exact same formation yep. <laughs> with the with Casey in the shotgun running uh, wing back next to him and a running back behind him or mm -hmm. it was it was on either side and they ran five or six plays out of that formation and they were all successful and they drove the field and they scored they scored 35 points yeah. just on Mark Whipple's play calls they only called one Scott Frost play that I remember and it that, was the, the quarterback the goal line quarterback running yeah, the end Anthony zone Grant laid out a block that and, was a sweet and play, Chancellor man. Brewington took out his block and that was yeah. the only one that I was like that was a Scott Frost play yeah. that was also, the only one I remember I also noticed something that this offense did that fans have been wanting forever and that's when we had the ball at the one yard line and they just put Yanton yeah and just yes. Yanton the ball yeah. <laughs> like that's something that, like I think just please and got him down there too like, yeah like just so put the guy in. I, I think I think my thing that I I noticed the most the biggest difference is and this played out it's it played itself out in multiple ways that this is just something that Frost rarely did and mm -hmm. it was rotation of players when they messed up yep when they made mistakes they got him out of there and they even our quarterback yeah but you know you can call that a questionable decision because obviously look what happened Purdy fumbles it and we they we they get a touchdown against us but. Like, if you're willing to do that with your quarterback, you mm -hmm. know that was a statement to the team that you're going to be held account accountable. When you make a mistake, you're coming out of the game. Yeah. Even the quarterback. Now, it doesn't mean you can't make a mistake. Like, obviously, that's going to happen, but that was like a big mistake that they had probably already just been talking on the sideline, and boom, he does it again, so they take him out. Now, I know Frost is more like no fear of failure, just go out there, play your game. And they, his, they just did not rotate. No. Rarely ever did they rotate, other than like... The, you, the running backs and stuff, but that like yeah. didn't even make sense. So here we are. We're he's rotating people that are making mistakes. Like Ben Hart got pulled. Um, Tommy Hill got pulled. He pretty much rode the bench the first full half, and then yeah, he I, came yeah, in second half and did well. Did he, yeah. he played most of the second half. Gotcha. Um, and it, so you know he they he did all these things, and um, I I feel like. I feel like it made a difference. And on the other, on the flip side, Anthony Grant was doing pretty well. Yeah. And instead of over rotating that position, he ran the ball 32, 32 times. times the most since since like 2014 in a game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so like the rotation philosophy was so different mm -hmm. yeah. and in it. I mean, I know it's one game. It's a very small sample size and it was against Indiana who was down, but by the way, we're down players too. Play, so play who's yeah. in front of you. We were, we were you terrible. Play, you play who's in front of you and Lost we were Georgia Southern. We've been so bad and we just held a team to under 300 yards and like, were, were essentially dom offense. essentially dominated them. Yeah. They they scored fourteen points offensively. Yeah. So they absolutely slaughtered us the second quarter. But other than that, we did really well. The other, the other three quarters, we yep. played we yep. played pretty dang well. Yeah. But how about especially defense? But even speaking to that, like the fact that Indiana took a swing in the second quarter and it wasn't like right, we just laid it down. Like, yeah. Yeah. Up well, here it comes. Like it just unfolds. No, we like made adjustments. Still like 
just locked in yep. and, and did our thing and ended up getting the W. Which I would say is another drastic drastic difference. That's, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's right there. I like, was going to say, look, like, we adversity. What was, what was similar is the first drive success and then slowly, like the, the three and out right out of the gate, then like the slowly Indiana starts, the other you know, team starting to do better. But the thing that was different is like we still stayed on top of the game and still yeah. like we didn't just let it go and yeah. like just yeah. fall on our knees. It was another game too where one, like a big, things were really close and then a big play happened that turned it for us like the North Dakota game where yep. it was, and again, it was, it was the same player, <laughs> um, it, you know, and I don't know. It, I think I feel like, yeah, we, we, that was Trey Palmer and that big pass. Um, but I felt like we we just like kept going. We just finished well. I don't know. And yeah, we, we put the game in. Also, another thing going back to the defense and the offense and how that's working together. We did a lot better sustaining drives and giving our defense a break because mm-hmm. I don't think people understand how often their defense was out there with under some of the frost oh, regimes. Because, yeah. like, if you looked at the time of possession, we always lost time of possession because yeah, our we, offense would score quick sometimes, but they'd also peter out really quick. And our they, defense was out oh, there all man, I the time. I can't even remember how many times we'd go three and out all immediately the after they scored oh, a man. touchdown. They'd score a touchdown, and we go three and out immediately. I mean, yep, it was horrible. I think another another big difference that I was encouraged by. Um, again, this is this is not to say Scott never did this, but whenever I remember vividly on TV, they showed when Turner Corcoran got ejected, they showed him walking from his position on the field to the sideline. He immediately went to Mickey, and Mickey talked to the talked to the ref, and then went right to Turner and was in his face and on his chest and poking him and was like, "You don't like." I don't know what he was saying, but. We can't say those words. Yeah, you can't say those <laughs> words. But he that's one thing, the accountability immediate on immediate immediately on the field. I think Scott would get he, fired up. He would talk to guys, but kind I, of. I remember plenty of times where he'd just go off the field and he'd just let his position coaches yeah, handle it. Too. I remember whenever Adrian would, would throw an interception or something and he would just go to him and mm-hmm. he would just shake his head and it'd be like five seconds and then he'd walk yeah. off. But I think there was a lot more coaching on the sidelines. I feel like there was more than enough times where Scott felt confident in his game plan and the coaching staff felt confident about their game plan going into the game. And so they felt like they just needed to come in and execute that. And that was it. And and if it didn't work, well, we'll try it again next time or whatever it may be. And there wasn't enough immediately immediate coaching immediately where, you know, you're listening to Bill Bush talk as the defensive coordinator. And he's like, I don't want to be in the booth because I want to be on the ground so I can go to the safeties. I can Mm -hmm. go to the D line. I can go to the linebackers. I can give everybody feedback immediately. And Mickey's running up and down the sideline talking to the offensive line. Like that's what I've just been craving. That's what I wish Scott would have been able to do more. Cause I think he could have done, he could have just been really good at it, but I, I agree with that. It's unfortunate. It didn't work out, but a few stats of the game that stick out to me. Our time of possession was 35, 14 to their 24, 46. Yeah. So whooped them there. Third down conversions. We were seven of 16, which is pretty, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. They were Almost two, 50%. They were two for 15 on third down. Yeah. Conversions. yeah. Third down we actually had punt returns. That's but an, by the way, more, Trey Palmer looked great back there. When he actually yeah. got, yeah. A, when he got a chance, when we're not pinned deep into our end zone where you can't return it, yeah. it's amazing right. what he can do. When because yeah. because the two and fifteen we got them out on, on third down. I want to know. Times. I want to know the last time we had a, a punt return for twenty yards. I think and, they, and I had, think I read it. It was like twenty eighteen or something like. It's like that. J- had to have it, been it, J D Spielman it, on his kick return. Yeah, for a touchdown, it, right? it was it was something like That's that. Right. So. It's crazy. 
Um, the one, one let's, let's not just do, you know, wrote at looking everything rosy. Um, we were just talking about the O line. We did give up four sacks and eight tackles for loss. That's oh, 12 yeah. plays behind the line of scrimmage. We yeah. gave up. That's crazy. That some of those, not three, ideal for those. <laughs> I would say like out of the four of those sacks, probably three of them, like he's just got to get rid of the ball. Casey. And yeah. He's got to work on that. And like they weren't playing Michigan's offensive. Which, Cause there was line. time. It wasn't like they. I think there was one that boom, they got him quick, but there were like, yeah, those, the, I want to say at least two of those. I can remember he had plenty of time back there. Yeah. He just didn't really work. the. I will say well. too. I think that was abnormal out of Casey from what yeah, we've seen thus far. Fair. Casey is usually really good about getting the ball out quick. I think it was just this game in particular. He was a little slower. Yeah, I don't know if he was just waiting for the big play to to develop. He's also so what? injured. <laughs> Do you hear him yeah. talking about all the stuff he's dealing with? Uh uh-uh. He's like, I got a calf contusion. My sh- I That's a had a three yeah had a <laughs> had a three hundred pound lineman land on my shoulder. Like all these things that he's dealing. He's like he's dealing. With, he got hit in the face like a couple times. He had to take some yeah yeah. And Mickey he's talked about toughness, and I, I listened to part of his. You know, they. I don't know what the question was. Like, what do you look for in players? And he said, "Tough, toughness is, is if I can't that's, trust you." That's what I was gonna say. If I can't trust you to be tough, you're not playing. He's like in my household growing up. If we had friends that weren't tough, my dad wouldn't let me go hang out with them. Yeah, like he's like yeah. toughness is his number one thing. And I, guys, I love that. I agree. Yeah. That, I that's love not. It. That's not. That's not. That's not mean. That's not, not. being mean to people. That's no. like. This, do you think you can play this game of football and not be tough? Yeah. Like, so, because yeah. there are some doing? guys that I'm just like, Tommy Hill's one of them, and it comes to mind oh, immediately. That's just like Bryce Benhart. I just don't yeah. see toughness in that guy. He's a monster, but like, you know, the, I'll, I'll kudos angry. to a guy like Corcoran. Like, he's tough. You know, oh, I mean? yeah. He's got it. He needs to get a lot better, but like, <laughs> he's a guy like that. Like, the guy's tough as nails. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to back down from anybody. Like, the, and I, I kind of like that. I mean, yeah. should he slap the guy in the face? No, because the guy did something to him the play before, and the rest were. You have to know if, oh, you, yeah. if something happened the play before, like that, the rest are going to be like just focused on you, and yeah. and he just straight up slaps the guy in the head. Like he deserved to get kicked out. That was just so <laughs> stupid, man. <laughs> did you? I can't. Yeah. That, okay. Also, that ref that called that white hat is the. I cannot. Stand Stand him. Really? I, he, I actually like him. But. Oh, my gosh. The way he was saying things, yeah. too. And by his actions, he has removed himself from the game. That's what they're told to say. Oh, it's, get out of it here, It is. Dude. It's like because it's like it's it's taking it off of we're not ejecting him. He ejected himself. Yeah. Like, that's what you're supposed to say. But he's I just all through the years since we've been in the Big Ten. I just don't. I just I, sh- I uh, shouldn't say I like any Big Ten refs, but I don't mind him. He's, that game was just. That was crazy, guys. You could tell <laughs> the white hat on the was. field was just like, guys, quit throwing your flags. Like he, he was getting frustrated with it. Like there was like four plays in a row. Yeah, it was flag, the, flag, flag, flag. Well, let's look. It, the The totals were it was to the 12, point. 12, We had twelve penalties for one hundred eleven yards, and they had eleven for ninety two yards, <laughs> guys. The only reason, honestly, with the fact that we had 12 penalties, 100 plus yards in penalties, the only reason you ever win a game like that is if the other team does it too. And they did. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason. Yep. And there are some big penalties that like there wasn't, weren't a ton that hurt us a lot, like killed a giant play, but there were some that really hurt them. So yeah, um, we maybe even while we had more and more yardage, it probably honestly affected them more than it did affect us. So. Yep. Yeah. And that's where I think I want, I was thinking and I, I read a couple things, but I didn't hear like a, a full, sorry about that. Wow. I didn't hear like a full analysis on the, the differences between Scott Frost and Mickey and in, in terms of like Mickey in his second game. 
it took Mickey however long to win his first Big Ten game. Yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. This is the first time they took him one time after a bye week to win a game. Scott Frost literally never won a game after a bye week. Did he never win one for he sure? Never. Okay. okay. Never won. I know a, he wasn't good. I just didn't know if he had ever pulled one off. So. Never. Okay. And it was the first. It was the first game after a bye yeah. week. It was the second game in his coaching tenure. And look at how good. And they I feel were. like we didn't play always like. It was like, okay, I'm sorry. All respect to Indiana, but lower level Big Ten teams yeah. after bye weeks, I feel like we played them a lot yeah, and, and we but, would lose them. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like we were coming out of bye, like and always playing Ohio State and stuff. We played, not, okay. I know Northwestern beat us, but like look so at bad. look at the two teams that Mickey Joseph was the head coach to play. Oklahoma, which I don't. I don't really care about because he had four days to coach. Yeah, that yeah. Game but just, I think Indiana was probably the second best team that we've played. I would agree on the schedule. Yeah, and he won so far. Yeah, that's a good point. Like the two games, Oklahoma, yeah. Indiana, two of like those are the two toughest games we've played thus far. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he he's out of them one and one. Like that's 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 kind of crazy. Sti- like he statistically dominated to, the second team. I, yeah. I I I understand. Trust me. I'm gonna once we get into this next little bit i'm going to play the devil's advocate some yeah. with with regards to mickey as the head coach and, yeah, sure. and the future of the but the, when you play the people in front of you and you play them as well as you did and and look at if you go back and and watch the oklahoma game you look at where we were struggling on the outside on at, on the outside with the defensive backs and not being able to to cover a wide receiver to save their life and on the linemen op- having just enormous running back holes to run through we fixed those things. Yeah, they were they were addressed and they were fixed yeah. for this game that we came into. Yeah. They like the yeah. biggest issues that came up in Oklahoma were addressed and they were fixed for this next game. And it's like, what in the <laughs> was there, like, what in the world is going on? There Am was one. Heaven? Yeah, there was one play that I can remember the whole game where Indiana was running the ball and I was like, why was there no one in that gap? It, yeah, and, cut, and it was outside, and that but one play. Compared yeah. to like all of the plays in the games before, you know, like one play, and yeah. even that was probably just more of like they out schemed us on that one play, and one of our guys got a, like he wasn't necessarily lined up wrong, but like man, yeah, I, I know it's one game, it's one sample size, but like yeah, keep kudos to Bill Bush, man, like yeah, make it. Oh I, I know, I know it's one game, I know it's against Indiana, I get it, but like I said, you can only play who's in front of you, and yeah, we, we he he up five yards in the fourth quarter to a team that was behind. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like you'd think that they're yeah. they're gonna be throwing but, everything they can yeah. at it and they, they, they just shut it out. Yeah, yeah, also too, like just it was refreshing to see the players that we know can play well actually Guys, play well. Ty Robinson. Ty Robinson showed up. Luke yeah. Reimer had Luke Reimer game. had the game of, of the year for him. Like yeah, he like struggled. Garrett is, Nelson like, Garrett Nelson played great. Guess who didn't miss us. a tackle? Nick Henrich. Nick Henrich. Yeah, like yeah. we were making we were making that like the the past few games, like we would have someone in the backfield to like be in position to make yeah. the tackle when we were. Oh, miss Sean it. had a great game, but too. now like we were able to see them actually finish and make those tackles. Yeah. So it's like, yes, like finally. Doing oh, it. and just be man, I've been so disappointed. Probably my Gary biggest Nelson. disappointment. Two sacks. My yeah. my probably my biggest disappointment all year, like compared to like what I was expecting to what came, what has played out before this game has been the linebackers. Yeah, the, absolutely. the inside linebackers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And they, they drastically changed that narrative. This one game again, <laughs> yep. it's one game. It's against Indiana. I get it. But like Luke Reimer had one of the best games of his career. Like he legit did. I, he was yeah. all over the place. He had pass break. for blowing a dude up. Guys like, oh like, my gosh, that he was, he, so he was everywhere he needed to be. And you don't even get to see, I don't know how many tackles he There's, ended up with, but he, you know, it, he was just, 
he was all over the place. Yeah. There's one play where in I think it was Indiana's first possession in the second half. No, it was uh one it was maybe their first possession of the first half. They're running like a jet sweep motion and they snap the ball and Reimer and Henrich are standing right next to each other and Reimer points outward to the to the guy that was on the flat route. Oh yeah. And Henrich runs after yeah. that guy and then Reimer catches the tight end that releases and that's when he breaks the ball up and and it's like a third down. But it was so it was like as soon as the ball was snapped, Reimer knew exactly who needed to be where, and he directed it, and then he followed his guy out, and he, it was like he he knew. It was like, you know, reading the crystal ball or whatever. He knew exactly yeah. where he needed to go, which was like, oh, man, if if that would have been two weeks ago, <laughs> I was going to go for a touchdown or something because yeah. guys so, just wouldn't have known where to be or anything. Yep. Yeah, so Reimer, so this is kind of crazy. I feel like we always have a guy in double digits and tackles. Yeah. The highest tackles anybody had was five. Yeah. So Hendrick had five with two solos. Newsom, five, two solos. Gifford, five, two solos, two tackles for loss. Giff had a great game. Yeah, Giff had an yeah. awesome game. Um, and then Reimer, this doesn't look impressive, but five to- total tackles, two solos, two pass deflections. Um, Interception. Yeah, that, that wasn't on this stat here, but like, you know, he just had a good game, man. It wasn't one yeah. he, like, he just was. Re- I actually think that's when, if you don't just have one guy getting all the tackles, that's just mm-hmm. showing good team defense. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the last thing maybe for this game, and we can move into some other stuff and into Rutgers. N- seeing a team gets, like you mentioned before, get smacked in the mouth. They were up, however much they were up, 21 to 7 or whatever it was, get absolutely dominated in the second quarter. Just pwned. We had man. every opportunity. We had every opportunity to drive the field and score. We botched it. They got, and then we get the ball out of the second half and we don't score, but we flip the field possession, field position, and Bushini. Tags him on the one yard yep. line or the two yard line. They never, they never let up from that point. No. There yep. wasn't like a oh we're you know I I played the guy on, in our text thread. I was like yeah this game's over. I'll see you guys. I'll see you guys in the <laughs> morning. It, or, hey, to be fair, normally it has been. Normally exactly. That's what it's been. Now. I was joking and I yeah. I was just I moved from the living room to the bedroom. My pregnant wife needed some help and we were getting everything ready. <laughs> but I was like all right guys, I'm going to bed. This one's over. <laughs> but it was just tied at halftime. Yeah. yeah. So it felt like it was over. But then you know. It was not over. Yeah. So it was It was so cool to see a team respond and listening to Bill Bush talk. He's like, yeah, we made adjustments at halftime. We looked at the film. We watched where guys were out of position. We the, He said that the first half they called a lot of the same same. Mm-hmm. So they would they would run a play, and then the exact the next play they would run the exact same play just so guys knew where they needed to yeah. be, and they Keep were in position. Them. And then second, he was like, we did that so well first half, we could call some plays second half. They had five total yards in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean – it's crazy to see adjustments like that being made on the fly with immediately brand new coaches. And we haven't even talked about special teams who the coach of the special teams was playing football three years ago mm-hmm. and called a perfect call to block a punt mm-hmm. that was returned for a touchdown. It's like everything just kind of seemed to fall in order. And yeah. it was like, it was, it was pretty, pretty stinking cool to see. Yeah. So yep. hopefully we can keep that, keep that trend. And, and if we could just keep to like build from this, we got to keep improving. Like I, I honestly like I'm not. I still don't have very high expectations. I agree. That's what I was gonna say. I'm not just sitting here drinking all this Kool Aid. But guys, as a fan who has not had very many of these opportunities to celebrate a win through adversity, like yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay celebrating it and drinking a little bit of Kool Aid. Now at the same time, we got we have a tough task this week against Rutgers, going on away on a Friday night against a really good like a really good defense. They are. Yep, and. You know, it's they're not they're not a great offense, but like that's a new, it's is horrible. It, it's not a, it's it's a 
it's a it's a unique test because you know like j- just being on the road a for your first time like with the shortened week mm-hmm. and travel and it's about as far of a, tra- a trip as you can make and so yeah it, it'll it'll be a good it'll be a good test for sure it'll definitely and, be a and good they're test. well shiano's a good coach man like they're mm-hmm. a well-coached team over there they are and so i know they got they played, whomped, some, they but played they, some good teams yeah but they've had they've had the like 10th hardest schedule or something of the of in football so far this yeah. year or something like that so like yeah we don't really fully know what what they are so yeah so I think with this game, and we've obviously been looking at it, like Drew said, through rose-colored glasses, everything seemed great, and it was really good. I think there's a massive sense of, um, I don't even know what to call it, not sense of urgency, but pe- people have dramatically shifted from their perspective of, we want to get Dave Aranda or whatever, Bill O'Brien, to it's now Mickey's job to lose. Like, he's going to be the head coach, um, everybody wants him to be the head coach hired at the end of the year and people just need to get over it and accept the fact that Mickey's the best option. And people are like, it's crazy to see how dramatic that shift has yeah. gone. I've been, yeah. so I mean, it's, it is all the time everywhere at like everything I'm seeing and reading. Everybody has just immediately jumped on board to Mickey will be the Nick, the next head coach. It's amazing. I've, I never would have expected Husker fans to overreact to anything. <laughs> like, that's just not our MO at all, I right? Do that. <laughs> Big red overreaction. No, I get yeah. it, but, like, yeah. I, Mickey is definitely trending up. I mean, it makes makes sense because we're seeing what was a huge dumpster fire start to the fire to kind of slowly go out. Um, and you have to admit what he's been doing is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. The guy yeah. has, hasn't been assisting, like, he hasn't been a coordinator. Yeah, he's like, never what? even been a coordinator. Like, and he jumps in to be the head coach and takes a team midseason, and then we are, our, I know it's early, it's only been two games, mm-hmm. but we've seen some progress. Yeah. That, I don't care who you are, that's impressive. Yeah. And I'm not saying that means, yep, the job is yours, but I'm saying you are at least deserving of being in the conversation. For sure. If you're doing something like that. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, man. If he can go and pull off a win this Friday, and then if we can go to Purdue, and if we win three Big Ten games in a row, it's something Frost never, Frost never won three games in a row. Ever. I, 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 I guess, like if, if he wins those three in a row, we're setting ourselves up. I mean, we still have, we're still not bowl eligible. We, there's still enough season in front of you. You got to do stuff. But if you can win. At that point, like, we have to win two of the last four games. Yep. And so, and. No, two of two of the last five, five games. games. Yeah, because Illinois is in there. So, yeah, if if you can win those three in a row, two on the road like that, and do something for us, never did like that. Like, and head into this tail end, the last five games of the season with some momentum to shake some things up. Like, he's setting himself up well to. I I mean to make a genuine like a. I think he's getting one of those guys like oh yeah like oh of course we're considering Mickey like that's why he's the head coach right now, but are you like. Are you really actually, taking it, uh, really considering him? But if he starts doing that, I, Tre- it puts Trev in a hard position. Because, like, Trev could just go out and hire who he wants, and then he's going to be stuck with this, like, Bo Pelini situation where everyone yeah. wants him because mm-hmm. he had success. And mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that's a bad thing because the coach, the team usually, rep, like, reflects the coach's personality, guys, and I love Mickey Joseph's mm-hmm. personality. Yeah, I do. And so... I, I also think Trev really likes Mickey Joseph. I think so too. He's on the sideline, like talking to players. He was talking to in the he locker was in the room. locker room, jumping with all the players the with a- Mickey Joseph, the athletic the game, right? director of the University of Nebraska. Has that ever happened? I don't know. I, that blew my mind. Honestly, yeah. that was like, 
Holy cow. He was in the That's, locker room jumping, chanting. He gave Mickey's the game ball name. away. Yeah. I wonder like, what how Mickey felt about all that. Like, it, yeah. like, what are you doing in your Trev type of thing? But, like, super cool. Yeah, like, which I'm, I think Trev likes him a little bit. You I know think what I mean? they played together. Yeah. yeah. They have a great relationship. They know each other. I, I think Trev had the majority of the hand in getting him to Nebraska. I think Trev saw him as a viable op- option if Scott didn't work. And obviously, obviously he is, you know. He's the, he's the interim head coach. I think the question is... Like, what does Mickey Joseph need to do? Like, realistically, like realistically, I don't think winning out's realistic. I don't. Mark Whipple sure thinks it's realistic. He says well, we're gonna win seven games. I, You're I in first it, yeah. place. Play like it. Act I still like it. think. Yeah. I'd be very Whipple's surprised, crazy, man. dude. I love it. I love it. He's just a crazy I'd man. I'd be very I surprised if we no could filter. beat in Illinois, Minnesota, or Michigan. Those three if, teams look freaking tough. Yeah. Minnesota, so like, Minnesota looked so bad this last week, though. But okay, Minnesota's so gonna be. they're still a good team. They always lay an yeah. egg. That's just one thing under PJ they seem to always do. And I, I Jeff Brom just hates Minnesota and wanted to beat them yeah. so bad. I, I swear, like his whole season this year was just like, we're going to beat Minnesota because he hadn't yet. Like he, he is just what his game yeah. plan was. And, um, and the, the thing Purdue did well. And that's in the, if when we play Minnesota, we have to do it. I feel like you always have to do this against Minnesota is you have to get up on them quick. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. not built to come back, come, come back. back. And let's be honest. One of the best players in the country was hurt with mm-hmm. Mo, Mo right. Abraham. So like he didn't play. Yeah. And so that really hampered them. Yep. And Purdue's got a stingy defense, and so yeah. they're they're not a bad team. They, they're not a great defense. They they have a they ha, they've had a really good hard schedule as well, and so people I I don't think realize like like record wise they were struggling, but they've played really good teams. All right, so here's way a, better teams than we have. Here's a proposition for you. Mm-hmm. So obviously Mickey beat Indiana. If I told you he beats Rutgers and beats Iowa, no. That's not oh, enough. Oh, you got to have at least, a, at least another one in there. Okay, so you need you need one more out of that. Yeah, I think he has to be bowl eligible. So. Yeah. He he really, to, you think he has to be built? I think if he's I think he's not bowl eligible, well, he doesn't get a shot. That's my call. That's it, my It answer. just sucks because, like, I think he could have beat Georgia Southern and Northwestern. I think he could have. I think he could have. But guys, yeah. think of that right now. Like, we could be sitting here at 4 If our only loss was like, Oklahoma. Are you kidding me? I mean, Gosh, dude. yeah. Even though Oklahoma's struggling right now, that's still not a bad loss. No, but no, 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 no. I think he has to. This is where we thought Frost if, would be right now. I, it is like I, it. Yeah. That was like the four and one yeah. thing, yeah. you know. And so, yeah. yeah, we could we could talk scenarios all all day till the till the cows come home till sun don't shine. I think if yep. if he does a couple of things, if he wins the next three games in a row, I think it's pretty much over. And beat beat Iowa on there, mm. and then I think if he doesn't, if he loses to Purdue and loses to Minnesota, or loses to Purdue, beats Illinois, loses to Minnesota, but he beats Wisconsin and Iowa at the end of the year. We're not even going to talk about Michigan to get us bowl eligible. <laughs> it's not it. Even though I just talked to a Michigan fan, somebody we all know, he and he said it before the season. He started. legit says he's scared of that game. He, of the, he's like just because of the potential of what yeah of what Nebraska's offense can do 
Um, but I'm like, dude, the O line, the line. You guys so have the best o- offensive defensive line in the country, basically. And our and defense ours. is so bad. <laughs> I just don't see it. <laughs> he said before the season, Nebraska's going to fire Scott Frost. He they're going to they're going to rally around their interim head coach, and that's going to be Michigan's only loss of the year. Yeah. And he said that right. like in it's crazy. He said it in like July or something. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's holding he, on to it. Mickey has to win. He to has think to win of that. If he beats Mich- if 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 Mickey like gets a few wins here and beats Michigan, oh my oh, god. <laughs> Like, how do you know? Like, oh there's, there's a, I feel like it's like less than a 1% chance that happens. But, yeah. And then somehow, like, to me, I, the biggest game on the schedule still is Iowa. Like, but, if he can win that game, it'll Iowa. always be Iowa. But, like, if he can beat him, like, do something Frost never did. If he can win in Iowa City, if he can win three games in a row and then go be, go beat Iowa, like, something, like I said, something Frost never yeah. did, either of those things. Or then, beat, beat Wisconsin at home, something that Scott Frost never did. Something that Mike Riley didn't ever do. Mike Riley never beat Wisconsin. Really? No. I don't I think, think maybe once. I thought he did once. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe. I remember maybe, losing. I, actually, kicks. I think we were like close because I, I think of that Andy Janovich game. Yeah. But I lost think, on I a think field we goal. still lost that one. Yeah. We lost in, in Camp Randall a couple times. Yeah. But yeah, if, he, if I, he could do that and if, if, if he could continue, maybe it boils down to this. If he can continue to do the things that Scott didn't do, he couldn't beat Iowa. He couldn't beat Wisconsin. He couldn't win after a bye week. Mickey, check, did that. Couldn't win three games in a row. If Mickey wins three games in a row, uh, holy moly, hold on to your pants. Because we haven't beat, sorry, we haven't beat Iowa or Wisconsin since 2012. Yeah, I was going to say. We, yeah. <laughs> and that that was uh, 30 to 27. That was the alternate red jersey game. And then it's only been they 10 lost. Years. They smoked it's only us. Been 10 years. They smoked us the year before, and that was in that. Okay, so I, I don't know if he needs to win the next three in a row. I think we need to beat Rutgers. No, he but doesn't have to, but if he does, if he does, it's it's, it's yeah. yeah. Um, this Rutgers game is pretty huge because we're, just, huge. we're coming off of a win, it's and huge. you can finally stack two wins because it, it's big, huge. It's bigger for Rutgers. It yeah. is. It, they're they're yeah. on a. It probably is bigger for Rutgers than just the way their season's gone. Friday night sellout blackout yep. game. Yeah, only premier game of the of that slate yeah. and they're struggling and like Shiano's really trying to build something there they're yeah. they're gonna go balls the, to the, walls the barstool college football sports show is gonna be there oh really yeah well, that's cool which yeah, is I just, actually pretty big so if we beat Rutgers we have six games left on the schedule and I think you just need to win two out of those six from yeah, he, Joseph. to five five and seven no, yeah. There's just there's no, no you, ha- you have to be a bowl no eligible. Shot. You have to be bowl eligible. I don't think there's any shot he gets retained if they don't go to a bowl. That's how I feel too. I in, I get it. It's just it just sucks because the games that you're supposed to win. Yeah, I know. We've already lost. Yeah, Th- so that's the truth. That's just that's just tough. I just if he's but, able to, but if he's able to win, I mean, essentially, he would have had the same record Scott had last year with a full. Okay, but what if two, you're in a, three full? But his record and, wouldn't be that bad because he didn't lose those. Okay, first exactly. Here's what's weird. Here's what's weird though. With those being the, the final six, say we beat Rutgers, yeah. we lose out until Wisconsin and Iowa. We finish the season two games in a row, Wisconsin and Iowa. Okay, and five that, and seven. How that, are you feeling? That'd be interesting. That that's yeah. an interesting. We're probably spot. like we're probably like third in the Big West then at that point. I think you still have Depending. to beat either Purdue or Illinois, teams that Scott had a hard time beating. He never beat Iowa or Wisconsin. Yeah, if, yeah. He, if he closes out with back those two big back. wins. So what do you do that? You know what I mean? That's tough. It's most, you know that's like Trev's worst nice nightmare right now. It's most realistic <laughs> yeah. in my mind. It's most realistic in my mind. I still am not sold on Illinois 
Wisconsin is bad. I'm sold on I'm Illinois, sold on Illinois. Goodness sake. Chase Brown. Dude, he's so good. They're a tough team. They're going to be. I don't like it. They're going to be tough. <laughs> I don't like that game by any means. I think we have a better shot of beating them. I've been, high, I've been high in Illinois preseason. I was yeah. high in Illinois. Like, yeah. I just think that I think Bielema is a really good coach. I know you don't like him, but I think he's a really good coach. I don't have anything against him. I don't think he was a great coach. At yeah, that's Arkansas. what I mean. You just didn't think. Yeah, he struggled down there for sure. But he tried, like, I th- he tried to he tried to build Wisconsin in the SEC and it yeah. did not work yeah. for him. Yeah. But he's not a bad coach at all. Yeah. His philosophy, and I think has to be the philosophy of the next head coach at Nebraska, is he hires assistants that want to be head coaches mm-hmm. or that have the have the intangibles to be a head coach. Like Saban, man. Yeah. But also a Jim Leonard, Wisconsin. Who knows what that's going to look like? Yeah, let's know. just talk about that for a second. What, how does the Wisconsin opening affect Nebraska? I think it affects Nebraska because it makes that game a lot more winnable in my mind. Their their team is absolutely fractured. Did you see what Braylon Allen was yeah. tweeting? Yeah. They do not like each other. <laughs> Nebraska had a little bit of that after Frost, but yeah, I know what you mean. Like it's it's their they can best, rally they can rally back. Their best player is out there saying anybody on this team that didn't want Coach Christ it's is not, not a part of this team. Yeah. That's the best player on their team. That's yeah. that's like Which that's he hasn't done great sign. this year, by the way. No, he hasn't. He's, he was held to like five yards or something this last yeah, week. And he did, serious. It was and really he had bad. like three or four less carries than the other yeah. players on yeah, the team. That's weird. I don't know. Maybe he's has an injury or something I, we don't really know about. But. I saw I saw a poll though on Bleacher Report about like what's the mo- what's the more desirable job. Wisconsin was getting more votes simply because of their recent success. I think if you just boil it down to like facts, it's still Nebraska. It's still the fact that Wisconsin doesn't have an indoor practice facility that's a hundred yards and it's not tall enough to kick balls in. Oh really? I didn't know. One hundred percent true. So like, here, what are you oh gonna cut? Are you guys kidding me? Here's the thing about Wisconsin, and I hate maybe this is recency bias or just like my connection with where Nebraska's been. I feel like a move like this, it it, it screams to me what's happened in Nebraska post mm-hmm. Bo Pelini. It's way too similar, and I, I know that maybe it's just the too easy of an answer. I feel like things are gonna unravel there. I feel like, like, cause a, like they don't have, they haven't had the recruiting. Like they did have a pretty good classes last year, but like they've struggled recruiting. So I don't think they have the necessarily the, the depth and, and stuff. They have a good, they, they, they have a, a, a good roster and, and whatnot and a good support and whatnot. But I feel like they have become so entitled on their like success, even though they haven't had that like top level uh, of success, you know, sure, yeah. I, I just feel guys, I feel like it's about to unravel. Paul Christ won 13 games three or four years yeah, ago. Yeah, a couple years ago. 13 games. Yeah, imagine firing a coach after they went nine and four. Is that, <laughs> oh, wait. Exactly, <laughs> dude. What I'm saying... He had I'm, one more coach than Bo Pelini. Uh, one more win than Bo Pelini. One more win than Bo Pelini. Yeah. But I would almost... I would... Uh, and I, this is what all of the, the media people are saying. It's more so they're firing Frank Solich. Like, this is the guy. Like, yeah. Brett Bielema... Brett Bielema was successful, but Paul Christ has... It's like... He's been the guy. He's yeah. sustained success. He's brought coaches up and sent them out. Dave Aranda, well, the, Gary Anderson. The reason I say um, I go back to Bo is because like they're big. The biggest thing against Paul Christ is, is well, they don't like his personality. Mm-hmm. That sounds interesting. Oh, yeah. he can't win the big game. Hmm, that sounds like yeah. re- really. You know, they just they yeah. seem so similar. They're different personalities, but they didn't. Not many oh, people love his personality the same like with yeah. Bo. It's almost like I mean? Wisconsin just kind of got bored of him. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, we just want to juice and like spice things up a little. Exactly. Bit. It's like it's just like well, we 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 should be better than this. You should be better than thirteen and one. You're with their their idea of what the 
10 and two. If, all the if time. they realistically think they should be beating Ohio state guys, like they're just, they're delusional. And that's yeah. coming from a Husker fan, right? Like, yeah. Like if they're, if they think that they should be, I'm not saying, uh, you can't hit, you know, strike oil and get hot and things work perfectly that you can have like a championship run, right? Like, a, yeah. mm-hmm. a but if you honestly think you're going to line up and consistently play with and beat Ohio state, you're just, it's delusional. You yeah. do not, it like the way recruiting has gone. It's not, it's not going to happen. It, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Now I, I'm not saying it, you can't beat them. It, yeah. One out of five. Okay. Yeah. But if you think you should be beating, be beating them two, three, four out of five like that, like you're, do you think you're the, just wrong? You yeah. just are. Yeah. I'm do sorry. Get, do you think Nebraska has that standard to get there? And do you think it's delusional for Nebraska to expect to get to that point? Yeah, in, the next, in, the yes. next five, in the next five years, it is that's it. That is what got us in the dumpster fire yes. in the first place. Yeah. It's not going to happen. We need to we need to be worried about winning six and seven games yeah, before we can start. Let's compete about, with the West and like yeah. just just build. It's going to be a, and, yeah. try and win the West. Like I'm not concerned at all about Beat the Michigan teams should or Ohio beat. State or honestly either Penn State. Like we're going to lose to those teams, and it's just. It, it's it's fun and it's cool to be expecting and like have hope that we can beat those yeah. teams. But if even if we win the West, I'm gonna be pretty dang confident we're gonna lose in the Big Ten championship oh, game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, I'm telling like, you, Ohio State. I think they're the best team in the country right now. They're the most complete team. I, Alabama's looks susceptible. Georgia's looks yeah. susceptible. Michigan's looks, looks susceptible. Like uh, the so, Ohio yeah. State has looked nothing but unstoppable. And yep. and they're gonna continue to look that way. There, yeah. I, the Michigan Ohio State game and the Penn State game will be interesting. Penn State's yeah. undefeated too, man. They're looking pretty good. I don't, I'm not a buyer. I think the big, the biggest uh, way I'm with you, but I, they're still a good team. Yeah, they'll still. The biggest way it affects Nebraska though that that they fired um, Paul Christ is I still and I messaged messaged the chat about this and Drew and I were talking earlier about the fact that it seems like more than anything they did this to retain Jim Leonard That's and exactly keep what they did. and keep him from going to another school, which is absolutely dumbfounding to me that they would yeah. do something like that. I know this could have waited in that case. You know, you have every opportunity to, for, to combat any offer that Jim, Jim Leonard would have gotten. I don't think Jim Leonard really like wants to leave. I don't get that. Yeah. Imp- I don't get that idea, but, but it changes it because if, if, if he was number one on Nebraska's list, he now has a much bigger priority than entertaining outside job offers. Here, here's here's my tinfoil hat. Like, okay, this is like conspiracy. Here's how I'm just, I don't know. This is from zero sources. This is just yeah. Drew's imagination, but it makes sense. I feel like Jim Leonard has been contacted by multiple schools. That well, are, I would not be. That, that yeah. are like saying, hey, here's the money yep. we're going to be offering you. Yep. And this is what this looks like. We are very interested in you. I would be very surprised if Nebraska wasn't one of those teams. Yep. Um, and I would even say maybe some potential teams that have not fired their coach yet have made those calls like an Auburn or a Colorado or I mean, Colorado has fired. Mm-hmm. They did fire the coach, right? Yeah. yeah Carl but, Burrell. Yeah. And you know what I mean? There's, there's some of those out there that um, I could even see. Man, there's just probably some other teams that have already made the call. You know, and, um, and so he's sitting there with this money in front of him and thinking, you know what? I actually want to stay here at Wisconsin. I can't stand Paul Chris and how he runs his team, the way he calls his judgment. I don't think they get along very well, just from like things I've heard. Um, like and how he questions like there's been some things where he's really questioned Paul Chris judgment and things like that. That's that's hearsay, it's what's what I've heard. Yeah. Sure. And I bet he went to the AD and said, Hey, look, here's the deal. I've got these offers on the table. I'd like to be here. 
we and this is going to move forward quickly. So if if you want me to stay here, you got to make some moves. And here they were coming fresh off of a, a loss against their former coach. It, you know, at it was at home, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at home, mm-hmm. um, where they got whooped by their former coach and and a pl- program like Illinois that they sh- they think should they should always beat. And I think he just sat there and is like, you know what? This is the opportunity to make a move. Everything like here's they we just got whooped. Okay, so mm-hmm. like here's an here's the window. Let's do this thing so we can keep who, what we think our next coach is. Yeah, and you know, like that's my tinfoil hat. It just makes some too much sense. So. Yeah, it does make sense, especially if Wisconsin identified Jen as like. He's going to be the next. Maybe before the season, they knew that. Mm-hmm. But they're also like, maybe Paul Chris has three years left. For I don't know how long yeah. he wants to coach. But you can't, yeah, you can't tell me that Illinois is highly improved. They're, they're a better team than they have been in the last five years. Let's, let's just look at trends. Years. Illinois, way up. Yeah. Wisconsin, quite a bit down. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you can't tell me that losing to Ohio State and then losing to a much, much better with Illinois team that almost beat them last year is like, oh, the world is collapsing. Oh, we, have, we have to get rid of this guy. Guys, I think it's apart. crazy that they fired him. I think well, it's It is nuts. absolutely insane. And it's any, insane. And it, it absolutely blows my mind. I was watching a, a, a Twitter video of a Wisconsin podcast guy talking like, we're, we're only favored by seven at home against Illinois. Yeah. We should be favored by 30 points. I'm betting every dollar that I like. He's like absolutely losing, and then they <laughs> lost. Not only did they yes, lose, they got they killed. got obliterated. Minnesota fans were saying the same thing about Purdue. Like they're, I was reading this. It was I was listening to a Big Ten podcast. The big, um, I was on Big Ten, and there was yeah. like this Minnesota fan saying like, if we don't beat Purdue by twenty one by three touchdowns, like we'll count this as a loss. Yeah. and then they go lose by ten. You know, it's just yeah, like it's, it's just the people. People. That's what fandom does, right? Yeah, you just I like, like yeah. you think you're. Everybody thinks their team is better than they are. Even the best yeah. teams think they're yeah. better than they are. It feels like this. The firing definitely feels like Wisconsin valued Jim Leonard more than Paul Chris. Yep. I don't think they. It was they fired him out of a lack of respect or lack of thinking that he was doing a good job, which is horrible because he he lost his job. Yeah. I think it was more of. The move was more of a we want Jim in the building more than we want Paul Christ in the building. Yeah, like for sure. What, so what's like, made we'll Wisconsin good lately? Because either we make their this defense. move now or he's gone. Yep. So yeah, here's a here's a quick thing. I but this guy, I really I don't know how I feel about this guy on Twitter. Genetics, what's his name? Genetics fifty six. Oh yeah. I it seems like everything that he said has kind of come to fruition, but I don't know if he's late on, on the information and just kind of regurgitating it or if he's kind of talking ahead of time, but regardless, he has really good information. You should follow him on Twitter. Just anything regarding the head coaching search kind of has a potty mouth. So be careful, but he, <laughs> I've, I've noticed um, Bill and Mickey both verbally say the name Dave Aranda yeah. in press conferences multiple times. Yep. And he's and he's saying this right here that Bill Bush and Mickey Joseph have daily 5 a.m. meetings with Dave Aranda. And Dave Aranda is coaching Bill and Mickey on how to prep, lead, and coach up other coaches and players. And Mickey has been, every single time he's gotten to the press conference, he's talked about his brother Vance, who's been one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL for the last yes. 10 years. Vance is breaking down the defense and giving feedback on what the problems are. And our defense has dramatically improved. Guess who's another defensive mind that they've been talking to? Quotes talking to Dave Aranda. Dave Aranda, one of one of the best out there. One of the best out there. And it, you can't tell me that yeah. one one you know fifteen twenty minute thirty minute hour long meeting on a on a morning at five a.m. is going to affect the way he's a way you know like 
He has Can you imagine time. that? Dave Aranda comes in as the head coach, brings keeps Vance, both of them, keeps both of them, brings Vance Joseph as his defensive coordinator. Like, dude, can you just imagine that? Keeps and then keeps Whipple in there. Oh, <laughs> I, think it's, I don't know if he I would, mean, but just can you just wrap your mind around that for a second? I, I think it's the most realistic option to assume I, that Bill Bush or that Dave Aranda would get hired and retain Mickey Joseph and Bill Bush. Yeah, I, I agree. If I feel like if Aranda, if Aranda gets hired, I think that that's a very that's oh, a good man. possibility. I I, guess, well, I, I just think I think Aranda, he, Aranda's been my pick. I, it's who I called my shot on. I yeah. just it's he's gonna be really hard to get. He's gonna be hard to get. He's, I just don't know if he wants to come here. I just don't, why would I just don't know why he would. I bet USC thought I was gonna be really hard to get. He turned down Lincoln. LSU and USC last year. Dave Aranda did. Mm-hmm. He had job offers at both, and he took tur- he turned both of them down. So why would he come? And you know they're going to pay just as much as we would. Why would he come to Nebraska? Because the Big 12 is going to Joseph is already laying the groundwork. And because the Big 12 is going to disappear and we have a $150 million football facility. And it's LSU Nebraska's, and USC. I'm just saying those programs are not disappearing. LSU was a dumpster fire. USC was horrible. I'm just they saying. Were in a, they but also, bo- hey. They were both in worse But positions. if there's a time to come to Nebraska, it's now. Yeah. Because 100%. LSU still has an expectation to compete and win 10 games. Get USC, back into the Big 10. you're winning the Pac-12. You need to be in the playoff. <laughs> Nebraska, Nebraska, make bowl a bowl game. game. <laughs> <laughs> So if there's a time to come to Nebraska <laughs> and build something, yeah. I, it's I'm with you. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, I called my shot on him. I'm just yeah. saying it's it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. But to if, if, if that is true, yeah, that he is taking calls at 5 a.m. with Mickey Joseph it's because he Bill sees Bush. a future there and he it's wants them to start building it now. It's, it's because also he because he was on a coaching him. staff with both of them and knows right. them and has a relationship with Maybe them. Maybe coaches are taking phone calls and helping each other out all around the country. It does happen more than you think it does. I bet, yeah, I bet it, it probably does, but why would Vance Joseph, who's a professional in the NFL, take a phone call from his brother to help his, well, it's his, brother. It's his brother? Yeah, but yeah. it's like, <laughs> hey, yeah, you know, you got to figure it figured out. I also have to worry about playing the Aaron Donald this week. So why don't you get it figured out, Mickey? <laughs> you know, like leave me alone. <laughs> no, but they're like helping him. I, yeah. I'm, I think it's, I think it's worth it. Most people might think it's crazy. The crazier but. thing is why would your, why would the older brother ever ask for the younger <laughs> yeah. brother to help them out? That just doesn't happen in real yeah. life. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, all right, guys, we do have a football game this week. We yep. play Rutgers. Um, I, I haven't been following a lot of the trends with the Rutgers football team. I know their offense is, so bad. It's bad. Really good special teams, though. Yep. And per usual. And uh, they like run a lot of above, uh, above average defense. We'll call it that. Yeah. But they felt. I think the defense is better. They've just played tough teams. Like it. It changed after last week. Last week against Ohio State. But they've they've had a really really hard schedule. Tenth hardest schedule in the in the in college football. Mm-hmm. So. Um, pretty good defense. Yep. Uh, really good special teams. Yeah. And um, night, not, not a great offense. Night game. High energy. Blackout sellout, I believe, in New Jersey. Um, there, everybody's wearing black. So, if for some reason you're listening to this podcast and you're going to the game, wear as much red as possible so you stick out. Um, I think we could put this game away pretty quickly. Oh, wow, sorry, I saw something. No, I, it's fine. They they hold they hold their opponents to 282 yards. Yep, of. Uh, offense, which ranks them 18th in the country, and they played Ohio State on that schedule too. So, yeah. sorry, this is, this they also played that. who they they they've played Wagner, and they they played. have the 10th hardest schedule though. I yeah. I was looking. I should pull up there. Well, it's probably 10th hardest, including us. And they're, <laughs> and they're, they probably they they're in the East, so they have to play Michigan. They have to play Penn State. They have to play Michigan State. They have to yeah. play Maryland. So. I, it was up until this point in the year they they had oh the yeah. Um, I don't think I don't think they're better than Indiana. I think they're a worse overall team than Indiana was. Um, I think they might slightly be better coached than Indiana. I think Greg Schiano's got 
he's got a good tenure. He's a good he was a great assistant coach at Ohio State. He's a defensive minded guy. He's hard nosed. I think he's I hope our team is prepared for a lot of goofy, weird trick play stuff that they're gonna try and pull. So they're gonna try and pull everything out of the book to win this game because if they if they lose this game, I think Greg Schiano is probably probably riding a hot seat till the end of the season. You which is Yeah. Which is just it not could gonna be good. get better than there. No, it it be could it could be good or it could be bad for them. I, I I just I have a hard time still being confident enough in Nebraska to win this game, but I don't know. Why don't we go in bold predictions before we go into score predictions? Cool. Do we have any I bold like predictions? It. Yeah. Let's see, bold prediction. I think Travis Vokalek gets back in the game, back in the action, because he's just been kind of okay. coming back a little bit. Uh, for his, he's against his former team, and I think he has a good game. I think he has like five catches for like yeah. 58 yards and a touchdown, something like that. So I'm going to say Vokalek comes in and has a, has a good – like and one of that 58 yarders like a, a red zone touchdown where we like really needed it. And it was – yeah. That's cool. That's good. Um, seeing our, seeing how, um, how improved our special teams was last week in both the return game on punts and on punts, um, like blocking, I guess like Trey Palmer looked good returning the ball and our defense looked good or our our special teams looked good protecting him and making lanes. I think he'll have a punt return for a touchdown, uh, in the fourth quarter and it'll be 72 yards and we'll break a tie. Dang. Nice. So I was almost with the special teams. Uh, bold prediction as well, but I think I'm gonna go. I think Rutgers is a game where O'Shawn Mathis starts to come to see that much mm. more. So I'm predicting O'Shawn Mathis has two sacks against Rutgers. Mm. Well, I like it. Yeah, he, he's the and Casey Thompson doesn't turn the ball over. Ooh, <laughs> I'll throw that in there. double whammy. That's not bad. <laughs> what, what do you got, Zane? Uh, for my score, I'm bouncing between a couple things. Um, I know I just said that Trey Palmer is going to return a punt to break a tie. I think it'll be relatively eh, mid-scoring. So I'm going to say 27 to 28 Rutgers wins on a two-point conversion. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Gross. I, I, just, I just don't feel confident enough that Nebraska's defense is still – I, I trust me. I hope. I hope and pray to the Lord Jesus that we win this game because it would mean so much for this football team moving forward. But I think it's going to be tough for our defense to 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 stack it together. I think it's possible. Rutgers Rutgers offense is not great, but yep. Too many times I've seen Nebraska ride high after a win and get absolutely clobbered the next game. Yep. All right. Uh, Rutgers is favored um, to win. The FPI's got them like a 54% chance of winning there. I think they're favored by three, which means it's a toss-up game because you get three points to the home team. Yep. So it's literally a toss-up game. Um, I feel like defense does just enough, shuts them down, offense gets some things going. We 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 pull away late and we win 31-24. So I'm calling hey, yo. Straight up win by a touchdown. Big I like it. So I'm... I went back and forth. Like everything in me is like, dude, just choose, choose and lose. But I, I, I did that last week and... I also chose them to loss to lose last week. So I'm 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 gonna I'm okay. I'm I'm just gonna be positive this week. I feel like I've been way too negative this this year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go go with the victory. Yeah, I like it. 
I like it. We're going to keep it rolling next week. Wait. We'll break down. Whoa. Oh, Chris, Whoa. you haven't given your Whoa. score. Yeah, I got to give my score. Well, oh, well thank you guys oh, for listening. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Um, gosh, I keep jumping between this number, but um, I have Nebraska winning. Oh. Since you went in the 30s, Drew, I'm going to go back down a little bit. I, I think it's going to be a little closer. Nebraska gets the win 27 21. Hmm. Not bad. I like it. Not bad. We're very we're very close. One possession games, boys. Yep. Nebraska is yeah. not very good at those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We'll see if they can do what another thing that Scott Frost wasn't very good at. Win a dude win a close <laughs> dude. If he did I mean, that's what I'm saying. If he keeps stacking those things together, wins close score games, wins three games in a row, wins goes to a bowl game. Those things are like those are gonna go a long way. So um, we'll look back at it next week. We'll break down the Rutgers game. We'll talk about the Purdue game, i.e. everything that is good and bad about Nebraska football. But thank you guys so much for listening to the Big Red Rundown. We hope that you're enjoying this as much as we are. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Give us some good reviews. Share it with your friends and family. Follow us on Twitter at Big Red Rundown. And send your comments and questions to Big Red Rundown at gmail.com. See you guys next time. <laughs>